0: Hello and welcome to Sean White's solar and energy storage podcast. In this podcast, we're going to cover common energy storage systems, that's ESS, components for large size projects. And some of the components that we're going to cover in this podcast include samsung lg mitsubishi and sungrow in another podcast we'll cover some other big equipment manufacturers for energy storage system products some of the topics that we're going to cover here include bankruptcy risks and why some people might want to use manufacturers with a diversified background we're going to talk about warranty insurance distributed energy storage UPS, that's Uninterruptible Power Supplies, not those guys in the brown uniforms. We're gonna talk about residential and telecom smaller scale systems when we compare them to these larger systems. Virtual power plants, which we have another podcast that totally covers that, but we're gonna talk about it a little bit here. We're gonna talk about battery cells, battery racks, battery containers. Then we're gonna talk about peak shifting, smoothing, power versus energy applications frequency regulation, and then we're going to talk about pouch, prismatic and cylindrical cells, battery capacity, specific energy, energy density, software. We're going to talk about PLC, state of charge, power control systems, and that's power control systems from NEC 705.13, which is new in the 2020 National Electrical Code. We're covering artificial intelligence, that's also known as AI, grid stabilization, voltage control, monitoring, voltage drop, also known as voltage rise when you're sending power in the opposite direction. And as we know, energy storage systems are not just a source, but they're also a load. You can send power both ways. We're going to cover UL1741, C-rates, supervisory control and data acquisition, also known as SCADA, We're gonna compare lithium versus sodium sulfur batteries, and we're gonna also cover energy management systems. That's EMS and on with the show. Common energy storage system components for large size projects, we're gonna cover a couple of big companies. We're gonna look at Samsung LG, Mitsubishi and SunGrow, and they don't just make batteries, they do a lot of stuff. These are diversified companies. We're gonna start with Samsung. Yes, they make batteries for a lot of your phones if you're working with an Android. I don't know why iPhone is not making big energy storage systems yet. So of course you know that Samsung is a big company and they do a lot with all kinds of different things. That can be a benefit sometimes when you're working with a company. If you work with a company that only does energy storage, if there's some kind of crash in the industry, like say for instance, it just gets too competitive, Like it did in the solar industry with solar modules, say in 2008, a lot of companies could go bankrupt if they're not diversified. Samsung, and a lot of these companies are diversified, that means they have a big business that does a lot of things, not just energy storage, but makes electronics and even phones. So with these Samsung batteries, you're not as worried about them going out of business and their warranty being trashed. But that goes for a lot of these companies, and that's just one thing that you would look at. So if you have a battery company that only makes batteries, and there's a battery trade war, or something makes energy storage not as profitable, doesn't mean that it's not very popular, just if it's not profitable. Say for instance, a lot of the industry could be selling at a loss someday, like it did happen with the solar industry, because at that time in the solar industry, the Chinese government was pumping so much money into their industry, that no companies were making profits. Kind of crazy, huh? Solar takes off like crazy, and then it's not profitable to manufacture solar. Crazy. So that's not happening with batteries, but it is something to just be careful of. One thing maybe I could foresee in the future with energy storage and companies perhaps going bankrupt someday, would be that the automotive industry is taking a ton of lithium ion batteries and so they're getting mass production down. Some of the biggest buildings in the world are giant lithium battery factories, and lithium ion batteries are gonna only take off more and more. So if somebody has a small lithium ion battery company, how are they gonna compete with the big guys as far as mass production and getting that price down? That would be something maybe I would be concerned about if I was going to be investing in big companies or even using a product that just might not be around in the future. One of the things that you can look for and ask a battery company is what happens if their company goes bankrupt? Do they have insurance for their warranties? So let's kind of look at some markets here. So we have the utility and commercial. So we can have these big batteries at solar farms and at wind farms. That's very popular sometimes they will put them at the substations without solar and wind and sometimes they'll put them right at the building or factory it's good to have this energy storage distributed in all different places on the grid that can help with transmission and distribution and power quality by putting these batteries in all different places so we can help at all different places with the energy storage benefits another thing is UPS and we're not talking about those guys wearing brown uniforms we're talking about uninterruptible power supplies so if you have a data center or a factory and the power on the grid goes down it's not good to have everything turn off when you're not ready for it so you get a UPS there and you can get some time and turn off things more on your own terms it's like when I'm recording video I don't want the power of my house to go down like it actually did yesterday, and then to lose all of my information. In a way, a laptop computer has a UPS built in because it has a battery built in. And then we're also talking about here, smaller battery packs for residential and telecom size solutions. So residential and telecom solutions aren't as big of a battery. Telecom, we're talking about things like cell towers, which don't need the kind of energy storage where you would see on, say, commercial or some kind of huge battery. And another thing about these residential systems that kind of fit into what I was saying about utility and commercial is when you put a bunch of residential systems together and you control them centrally, you can really benefit the grid. We have some of these VPPs, these virtual power plants, which are a whole bunch of residential batteries that are all connected together through the Internet and they can control them centrally and do huge benefits for the grid because they are distributed all over the place. So we were talking about having the batteries at the solar and wind farms, at the grid or the substations, the buildings and the factories, and even your house. And even yesterday, I was riding horses, looking up on a mountaintop, and there were solar modules next to these dishes, and there must be batteries there if you want your telecom solution to work at nighttime. Here we go, the Samsung solution, and we have a battery cell. And then you put a bunch of cells together, you get a module. Hey, that kind of reminds me of solar. Put cells together, you get a module. And then after the module, they're calling it a rack. Stick a bunch of modules together, they're racked up. That kind of reminds me of musicians. They call it their rack when they put a bunch of different effects together. Then we can put our racks inside of a container. Nice and contained that way, in a container. In a container, we'll have more than just the energy storage in there. They will have air conditioning and electronics, communications to keep everything running smoothly. Also, that container will have an area where you can walk through to get at things. Okay, LG Utility Scale Size Battery. They're one of these big diversified companies. They make a whole lot more than batteries. They make cell phones, televisions, solar modules, everything. And like Samsung, they are South Korean. And so they're saying that their battery is working well for peak shifting. So you can charge and discharge your batteries at different times of the day. Renewable integration, so we're probably talking mostly about solar here because it's peaking out in the middle of the day. Sometimes they might call this smoothing when they try to smooth out natural pattern from PV where it goes up and down when a cloud flies over. So they'll smooth it out to make it more compatible with the grid. And so they are charging and discharging throughout the day and this would be more of a power application. This power application, they're letting it in and out quickly to compensate for this jaggedness. And then the rest of the grid can make up for making more in the middle of the day and less at the nighttime. So there we have a renewable power application. And for power, sometimes you can do peak shifting, but you can also do smoothing where you're looking at power rather than energy. Then we also have frequency regulation too that would be more like a power application because different times you need to change the sine wave to speed it up to slow it down and so when the grid frequency increases you would load your batteries so you would send the electricity to the batteries and then you discharge the batteries when the grid frequency decreases and so this can go up and down all day and these batteries can respond a lot faster to change in frequency than the rest of the grid. When you have a smaller place, such as Hawaii, because there's only a million people and there's a bunch of islands, you're more likely to see the frequency changing. And so even in Hawaii, when you're feeding the grid, your inverters have to be programmed to react differently and turn off at different times than on the mainland, where we have a more stable grid because we have many more millions of people all connected together at the same frequency. So you'll see a more stable frequency on the mainland than you will on the island. Now, different LG batteries. And so even though they're making batteries for cars or making them for energy storage systems or making them for residential energy storage systems, one of the things that LG likes to talk about is the way that they make their battery cells. And so they use a pouch type of a cell. Other companies oftentimes are winding them together, a lot of times in cylinders. And here over at LG, we're looking at the pouch type of a cell. So the prismatic cell and the cylindrical cell, they are doing windings. And so what LG is trying to say, why they think that they are better, is when they're just taking these pouches, which sort of looks like a Ziploc bag full of battery stuff, when it expands and contracts, it's more stable than when if you twist and wind everything together and you expand it, you contract. And LG is trying to say that they're better than everyone else. Of course, that's what you do when you're in business. And that is their reason for saying that having the pouch battery is better than the cylindrical, which looks like a flashlight battery, or the prismatic type of battery, where it looks like it's in some sort of a rectangular can. And so they're talking about the way that they make their separator, and these types of things are always changing as they figure out more new ways of doing things. Because in this industry, we're constantly changing because it's such a new industry, and we're figuring out better ways of doing things getting more capacity getting more specific energy getting more energy density and making batteries last longer so there we go lg life's good they're bragging about how great their energy density is we've got cells modules racks inside of an enclosure they are claiming that they can get in a 40 foot container 6.8 megawatt hours wow and it includes hvac that means heating ventilation air conditioning it includes an AC-DC fire panel, fire suppression, and optimized configuration. So yeah, you don't want one of these things exploding. Not a good idea. Now let's take a look at some Mitsubishi utility-scale storage solutions. And what they're really promoting is what they're calling Blender. Sometimes you see DER as Distributed Energy Resources, so perhaps that's what that stands for. And a lot of what we're dealing with here is software artificial intelligence knowing when to send power here and there to make the grid run smoother so blender box what we have is monitoring cloud server well i could say plc or power line communication if you want you can try to look that up distributed energy resources on different places on the grid we have a storage battery and it's connecting via dc to power control systems And so we would be monitoring voltage, current, temperature, state of charge, that's what SOC stands for, failure information. So the state of charge is important. With lithium, which we're usually talking about these days, if you fully charge it, that's not as good as leaving it 10 or 20% from the top. And if you fully discharge it too, that's not as good. So it would reduce your life cycle. Now, PCS, typically in this industry, stands for power control systems. In fact, if you look in the National Electrical Code about interconnections in the 2020 NEC, you could see something called power control systems that's 705.13 and that's a new very exciting part of the national electrical code so we would charge and discharge so we're controlling the power the charge the discharge the on and off voltage current operation etc a lot of times the key word here is AI for artificial intelligence and that's all of this amazing stuff that's happening with computers as they perhaps will become smarter than people by the time you watch this video that's right Big blue can beat you in chess, and the next thing is just getting smarter than the human brain. Where does consciousness come from anyway? And we found the BLENDER acronym. And of course, that stands for BID, Liaison, and Energy Dispatcher. However, a lot of times in the renewable energy industry, we do see DER standing for Distributed Energy Resources. They're also talking about BLENDER ICE, which is kind of funny if you like margaritas. However, that stands for Intelligent Communication Edge. So we have BID Liaison, Energy Dispatcher, Intelligent Communication Edge. Isn't that nice? I think whoever came up with that was drinking margaritas. But hey, it's made with electricity. What we're talking about here, though, is having everything communicating with each other, even down to your Coca-Cola cooler, also known as a vending machine. it when i get my hands stuck in one of those things it's been a long time so let's look at some of the different things that we're working on with this blender mitsubishi solution which works with large-scale energy storage systems is grid stabilization so we're stabilizing the grid which can include things like voltage control software can do optimal command allocation issue alarms state of charge protection state of charge management for the battery and equipment monitoring. We also have output suppression of renewable energy. So instead of the renewable energy going to the grid when times are windy and sunny, we could put some of that into batteries. Then we can also control on the demand side, schedule operation, demand prediction, and output protection of renewable energy. So these are just a lot of the factors that we're gonna be controlling with artificial intelligence. That's the brain of the grid. Frequency regulation. So if the frequency goes down, inject power into the grid. That means you need some more power to increase the frequency. If the frequency goes up, take power away from the grid. That means the grid has too much power. So you will take away some of that power to decrease the frequency. And that's how you can get stable frequency on the grid. And let's have a little bit of a conversation about voltage drop. Voltage drop means Where you're producing power, the voltage is higher than where you're using power. If you have a grid that's just full of loads, the voltage will be lower at the loads than the grid. However, if you have a grid that's full of solar and nobody's home, you could have voltage that could perhaps get too high on the grid. And that would also depend on how far away you are from the transformer. Let me just use an example. I did a train-the-trainer class for solar photovoltaics, in a great country called the Seychelles. That's between Africa and India, just south of the equator, beautiful islands, very small country. And they were not allowing solar on some houses and were encouraging it on others. What happened on their grid, because they didn't have a lot of money, is if you were near the transformer, they were getting that voltage as high as they possibly could because with all the loads on the grid before they introduced solar, the voltage would keep dropping, and so the last house on the line, the voltage would be too low, and the first house on the line near the transformer, the voltage might be too high. So what they did is they encouraged people to put solar when they were far away from the transformer, but they also did studies, and if they were too close to the transformer, they wouldn't let them put solar on their building. So I think that's a pretty good example of what you have. Some people call it voltage rise, and this wouldn't just go for solar. You can also raise the voltage with energy storage. So if we have the same power line and we put energy storage on these buildings, we could control the voltage. So let's say that we put energy storage on the far end of this power line. We could take that energy storage, and when the voltage gets too low because of all the loads, we can inject power if the voltage got too high because of solar we can suck up power that means we could draw power from the grid with our battery because the battery can work like a big load so it's kind of neat how we can control the voltage with energy storage so just like with frequency getting too high if the voltage gets too high you can put power into the battery and if the voltage gets too low or the frequency gets too low you can control that by releasing power from the battery so we can stabilize the grid. So remember that. Let's go over this one more time. We're talking about voltage rise or voltage drop. And typically you hear about this being called voltage drop. The closer you are to where you're producing power, the higher the voltage will be. There will be resistance on the wire, and so the voltage will go down from where you're producing the power to where you're using the power. If you have a whole lot of loads, The voltage will be lower at the loads if you're producing a whole lot of power such as say from a distributed energy resource like solar one of the things that people worry about is the voltage getting too high with all that solar that's one of the reasons why our solar systems have limits and if the voltage gets too high they have to turn off and that also would go for energy storage systems you will have these things listed to ul 1741. UL1741 is when you have a grid-connected device, such as solar energy storage. If you go 10% over voltage in the United States, your inverter has to turn off. However, there are some variations on that in places like California and Hawaii, in places where there's a lot of solar energy installed. And the reasons that we have these variations is because we don't want everything turning off all at once. That could cause a bigger problem than the original problem if we have a whole lot of solar on the grid and so we can use these batteries this energy storage on the grid and controlling all these things with artificial intelligence to make the voltage what we want it to be and that goes for frequency too now we're going back in time we got 2016 but just to show you what mitsubishi has done in 2016 it had the world's largest energy storage system that was rated at 50 megawatts at 300 megawatt hours So 50 goes into 300 six times. So it would take six hours to dump out that battery. And so the C rate would be one sixth or one divided by six, which I think would mean 0.16667, something like that. The communication system for most resources on the grid is called SCADA and SCADA stands for supervisory control and data acquisition and it's a computer system it was first used in the 1960s so what does that tell you about computing this thing goes way back perhaps someday they will modify the way this works however that's what we're using on the grid another thing about this battery is it's not a lithium battery so if we go back to 2016 that was before we were mass producing batteries on the grid for all these cars And there was a different kind of a battery that was a good investment for power plants was called a sodium sulfur battery one weird thing about a sodium sulfur battery is it has to be super hot to work so instead of keeping your battery cool you'd have to keep it hot it's a pretty good battery but we just mass produced lithium a lot more so we're not seeing new sodium sulfur going on the grid very much anymore so far we've looked at a lot of lithium because that's what is taking off like crazy right now one of the largest inverter companies, if not the largest in the world, depends on what day and time you're talking about, who's the largest inverter company. And this is called SunGrow. SunGrow is famous for their solar inverters, but solar inverters are easily adapted to incorporate energy storage as markets change and more solar gets on the grid and more wind gets on the grid. We need to have more energy storage on the grid to even things out, to level things out, and start using brains with these things. This SunGrow system has the Samsung logo, so it's not unusual at all for these companies that make the inverters to contract with somebody else who's making the batteries. Some acronyms here, Energy Management System, that's EMS. SCADA is Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. You can learn more at solarsean.com where you can find out about classes, you can find flashcards, you can find out about consulting and everything else under that big thing called the sun. Over and out.